1: Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights VGK dropping its first game of the season. Calgary power, powers its way past the Golden Knights three to two. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick from Las Vegas. On Twitter, you could find us at Tony Dasco at TD Chris G at Lockdown VGK, and go to our YouTube channel Lockdown VGK and please subscribe. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Again, our podcast is free and available. Wherever you get your podcast. And Chris, the final from the Saddle Dome last night, the Flames three and VGK two, but it really wasn't that close. Uh, Golden Knights dominated pretty much in every aspect, every phase of the game. The Golden Knights led in this game two to nothing. They got out to that early lead. Uh, we talked about the fourth line, William Carrier with the first goal of the game, and he scored his first goal of the season. It was a whiff by Jacob Mark- Markstrom, really, um, had it go off of his mitt. And then uh, they call them Mets, right? Still, okay. And Brett Howden with his first goal of the season in that game. Uh, VGK kept in the game, uh, again, with the heroics of Logan Thompson last night. And I will talk about that coming up later on. And him between the pipes. He was stellar last night. Um, We talk about the second period. Uh, This is where the destruction began for VGK. What happened was VGK could not clear the zone. I think they got frustrated. Uh, they were overpowered for sure. Perhaps, I don't know, fatigue set in. No telling. But six penalties uh, resulting in a couple of Flames power play goals. And, and let's just go through those penalties real fast. Uh, White Cloud on the roughing penalty. Martinez uh, tripping. Tyler Toffoli. And that resulted in a goal. But that goal was waved off for goalie interference uh, by Lindholm. Um, carrier interference on Kevin Rooney, and then three penalties, and maybe there's a rhyme or reason, uh, drawn by Calgary's uh, Brett Ritchie on Braden McNabb, William Carlson on the cross-check, Zach Whitecloud again, and uh, the result there were a couple of power play goals. Uh, Elias Lindholm actually comes back and scores, and Tyler Toffoli, 11 shots on goal, 11 shots on goal in those six power play opportunity so let's start there domination also continued chris in the third period of play and again it was the inability for vgk to clear the zone
0: sorry i think you can go for another five seconds i had to sneak in some more coffee it's early um yeah well, i mean I tony went
1: long <laughs> enough
0: man. you hit the you hit the nail on the head in in every regard there um a william carlson cross-checking telling it's going to hurt his lady Bing uh, uh, consideration later in the year unfortunately but um yeah i mean tony you, you said everything when you have that many penalties in one period you're going to traditionally teams have two power play two penalty kill units and then they'll have some players they interchange maybe teams will have a third line just in case when things like this happen and and that's just what happened here when you are playing against the best players in the nhl down 20% of your manpower, I guess you can call it, you're going to be in a terrible spot. And the fact that they only got two goals in the second period is actually something to celebrate in some strange way. Um, fatigue, 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 fatigue certainly sets in. And uh, Braden McNabb made a point in the post-game uh, interviews last night that when you have this many kills in a row sometimes you're losing some of your more skilled players. You don't see Eichel out there killing too many penalties as a, a prime example. Kessel's not going to kill too many penalties. Um, so you're taking those players out of the game momentarily. And the fact that this was only a three to two loss says two, two things. One, this was not a one goal game by any means. This was a much bigger domination efforts, if you will, by, uh, by the flames and, and, The fact that it was only 3-2, I know, well, Logan Thompson's coming up later, but, you know, LT, a ton of credit for an absolutely remarkable game and doing what the goalie is supposed to do, which is gives the team a chance to win, which four games into the season, four outstanding goaltending efforts to start the season.
1: Yeah, and VGK lacked that physicality that Bruce Cassidy would like to see. That's where I think it all begins. It starts there because again they were just getting pushed around and moved the game-winning goal was scored by Michael Backlund uh that came uh from the Blake Cole, uh, Coleman assist from behind the net and two things stood out in that game-winning goal I thought Alec Martinez was out of position out in front of the net and Jack Eichel was late arriving uh to even defend against uh Backlund and uh, we'll talk about the top six as well and they just laid an absolute egg in the game last night but they have to have a better effort defensively they have to
0: no no doubt and going back to that game-winning goal um, on top of Alec Martinez being caught flat-footed you have Petrangelo who couldn't decide if he was going to chase or hold and that's also part of what left that wide open lane in front of the net and definitely the first thing I saw was Eichel late getting there I actually had to check that third goal to see if that was also a power play goal, because I was going to ask myself, why was Eichel out there on the kill? But it, it wasn't a power play goal, but still Eichel has to uh, be better defensively. But, you know, this is, um, it's it's a growing pain, right? And I'm not sure if you're going to take me down this path, but I'm going to put us down there anyway. Um, we mentioned in our header, I guess, that, you know, Cassidy said the team didn't pass the test, was the terminology that he used. And my first knee jerk reaction was, man, that's, that's pretty tough. Like, why are we, we don't need to be Talking like that in game number four of the season, but the first thing I thought of right after that was Max Pacioretty and his comments in the off season about this being a country club atmosphere, and you know it doesn't matter if you win or lose, the fans still love you, and people are out washing their cars, blah 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 blah, all that stuff, and the fact that Cassidy is maybe being a little harder on the team than deserved, I think is a good thing, and I think that shows Cassidy is passing. His first test, if you will, a, a tough loss in Calgary where the team was absolutely outworked. So, this right here tells me that Cassidy is going to keep VGK focused and hold everybody accountable. I'm curious uh, if there's any reports as to what type of practice they have. I'm not sure if they if they're gonna if they're flying back this morning.
1: Today. Yeah, they're off today. I saw they're the off schedule. today, so they're
0: mm-hmm. so that means they're traveling today. So there's probably only going to be a pregame skate tomorrow. Um, And there's not going to be too much, you know, those are pretty laid back um, versus what the practices are. But I'm still curious as to how his locker room interactions were after the game with the players. Is he the type of coach that just undressed everybody and went after all the kids for a rough loss? I hope not. Um, I think we would have got an inkling of something had that happened, but either way, I think the response from Cassidy and the team, it's a little bit different than last year, right? It's a little bit different than last year where you know, we're going to burn the tape on this one. We're going to get by. We're going to get back to practice and work on it. No, I I really felt like that it was a tough loss for the team. I feel like Cassidy took this one tough. And this is a chance for Cassidy to set the path, if you will, for how things like this are going to be handled after, after you know, I mean, you get DeBoer up there. He'll be up there smiling, ah, rough game, just didn't go our way. and duh, 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 Versus, you know, Cassidy, who, again, honest Cassidy, Honest Bruce Cassidy is uh, up there really giving us a perspective of how he feels. And let's see what the response is on Thursday. I mean, Thursday's game went from a trap game to, you know, a pretty important game because now you got Colorado coming in. And if you give up the game on Thursday, all of a sudden you're staring down the barrel of a three-game losing streak potentially.
1: Yeah, we still don't know how good this team is. Uh, The Kool-Aid kids were at it again last night. Uh, Okay, so radio and TV last night, I had everything going on back and forth, and uh, they were mentioning an awful lot that these are the top two teams. They'll be the top two teams at the end of the season. Enough of the hype job. okay? Uh, I think Calgary and Edmonton will probably be at the top.
0: Edmonton just lost to
1: Buffalo at home, though. So who knows? Well, (laughs) yeah, who knows with that team? Right. They're still schizophrenic, you know, but but you have to say. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe right now that VGK is up there in the same sentence as Calgary. Uh, Calgary, I think, stands alone, and that team is going to be really tough if Markstrom doesn't chase imaginary pucks around or whatever he was doing. Uh, I, I still think they're going to be there in the end. I don't believe VGK and Calgary are the top two teams. They might be right now, okay, for the moment based on their records, but not at the end of
0: the season. I'm sorry. I mean, let's let's see what happens. And, and as of this moment, sure, Calgary is a clear notch above the Vegas Golden Knights based off this game. Um, but, you know, same breath, Tony. It was a rough game. It was a rough second period. Uh, seven minutes to go. Riley Smith rings off the post on the power play. If uh, that puck is an inch the other direction, you know, maybe we're having a different conversation about VGK stealing a point in a gritty in a gritty game where they faced plenty of diversity and you know th- th- there's always a twist right there's always a twist always um a positive and a negative in this game there was more negative than positive more or less the second period and it, it is kind of funny just going through the all the Facebook and Twitter comments oh the team is bad again it's they lost a the game uh let's see w- w- what do we see fire Cassidy where's the top six we're paying stone too much um and i'm sure there was a a a flower comment somewhere in there why did we trade flower for nothing patch ready for nothing fire uh kelly mccrimmon blow the whole thing up like folks just stop it yeah stop.
1: and and at least cassidy you know he was very transparent and he just said hey you know we weren't cheated in this game they won okay Mm -hmm he's just being transparent and honest <laughs> i have to believe between the second and third periods i i think he he loses his cool we've heard about that one incident where he was upset about the lack of uh, the movement on the power play for vgk i think it was in los angeles maybe from the start uh, but i'm sure he undressed them there at uh, between the second and third periods and then third period as well right domination continues i mean this should have been a three- or a four-goal victory uh, by Calgary, despite what your son might think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's, uh, I hear what you're saying there. I hear what so what did your
1: there. son Your son said what last night?
0: Oh, he yeah, so we were, we're at my daughter's – here's the whole story. We are at my daughter's tumbling class last <laughs> night, and he's he finishes his homework and stuff. We're kind of watching, and he asked me, he said, what do I think the score is going to be tonight? And I said, I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game, but I think – the Golden Knights are going to find a way. I was just, you know, going with the streak and I'll ride it till it ends, so sort to of speak. And then he asked me. He said, "What do you think? To- what did Tony say?" I said, oh, "Tony thinks they're going to lose." And my son just looks at me and says, "Shocker."
1: Well, at least I'm trying to be honest here. And I thought hey, you they were right. overmatched. <laughs> you were right. But I, I thought, but I thought that they were overmatched in that game. Uh, again, Calgary at home and just you know getting out to a quick start they look pretty good at times they really do they look like a uh, an absolute contender and perhaps perhaps i'm not on the kool-aid folks uh you know the president's cup probably favorites right now i would have to think you know perhaps
0: it's all it's all fair and you know it starts with uh daryl sutter i'll beat the drum on daryl sutter being uh, one of the best ever to to be behind a bench and i said yesterday i'll say it again today folks uh Take five minutes of your day, especially if you're having a rough day at work or you're stressed out at home. Just watch. Just, just put something in for a Daryl Sutter reactions, Daryl Sutter quotes. And he actually had a Gary Lawless – actually, had, we went down this path now. Uh, Gary Lawless put this tweet out there. Um, Daryl Sutter was asked something about the Golden Knights. And Daryl Sutter's response is, well, they got 11 players from Western Canada. And that really, like, Gary Lawless is like just – that just scratches the surface of how in the know and dialed in someone like Daryl Sutter is because he probably knows stuff like that about all the teams and how you know knowing where they're from transfers to what they're going to do on the ice. I don't necessarily know how that can happen. Logan Thompson, obviously hometown boy, as far as uh, last night's game was concerned, but you know, Daryl Sutter is an absolute remarkable coach. He's he's fun. He's uh, entertaining and some very weird um God, who was the teacher in wonder years bueller or that that guy um the, the the economy teacher the boring guy or something like that you would someone out there knows someone who likes yeah, I fun, don't i'm know. sure would know, I don't but know he he has that type of um goofy personality that just makes you laugh
1: okay so the goal that was waved off was that indeed Goalie interference on oh, yeah. uh, Nazim Kadri
0: all day. So the first thing I saw, he wasn't in...
1: pushed. He wasn't pushed exactly, I, I, and that's the, I, thing. I watched the first that time I saw about real-time. twenty times. Right, yeah. and a lot of folks thought that he was pushed into the net. He wasn't.
0: No, no. The first thing I saw was after the goal. I saw, I saw, um, I saw a contact, and you know, my refing eyes go on right away. My 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 D league, uh, you know, recreational officiating eyes go on. And I thought there's interference right in real time. And then when they showed the replay, he did go in there by himself. I don't know if LT's not saving that puck either way. Let's be clear about that. But when you take the opportunity away to make the save or do anything, that's going to come back 99 times out of 100 in that situation. Uh, clear goaltender interference. He went in there first. Uh, the puck wasn't even there for a second. And he definitely prevented LT from having a fair opportunity to save that puck in coming up yep coming
1: up next the top six was not good last night and we'll talk about that when we return right here on locked on golden knights betonline.net is your number one source for football betting information all of this season find all the latest player developments the team matchups the news the podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on each and every game that you can find And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to up to the minute scores for every sport that is out there. The fastest and easiest way to check out all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, of course, the National Hockey League. Head to BetOnline.net or use your mobile device today to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Please go to our Twitter handle if you haven't yet. We do respond to all the fans. We like to interact. And also, I think we're about a couple of followers away from 1,000 on there. And make sure that you subscribe to VGK. That is our YouTube channel. And Chris the golden Knights weren't good last night. And especially the top six had perhaps its worst effort of this young season. Um, when I went back, I looked at uh, the top six. Okay. So Howden had not have the goal. Um, and he played pretty well, uh, pretty much. Um, you have Phil Kessel had three shots on goal, at least no shots on goal from Stevenson stone or Eichel. Um, and there were four penalties from the blue liners as well last night. And again, that kept them on the uh, the ice for a very long time. I also saw, you know, that Eichel faceoff circle. We talked about how good VGK was in the previous game in the faceoff circle. Jack Eichel was four out of 15. He won only four faceoffs last night. So again, perhaps a little bit tired, fatigued or whatever. We saw him arriving late on the game winning goal. And then that's a lack of effort, right, in the face-off circle.
0: So I think I'll sure. I mean that, that that's fair. Um, I think what I will be, see your comment and raise your comment with is the fact that VGK was the road team, which means Calgary is the home team, which also means Calgary has the last change and can go ahead and put the right people out there. They can put the right centermen out there who, you know, for whatever reason, there's probably different styles different ways to take a face off and there might be ways that match up better. So again, we'll start with credit, Daryl Sutter right there. And then the second thing with that, with the last change, you're putting your, the defensive unit that you want out there against the other team's top players. So again, let's, I mean, sure. BGK did not have the best of games fatigue is fair because that's the only way you take that many penalties in a single period is if you're fatigued, if you're tired and, and, and worn out for whatever reason, even though they had a day off on the road. And, you know, so for whatever reason, two days off this week, I just thought about that too. They were off Sunday and now they're off Wednesday. That seems kind of strange. They're not going to get a, a skate in before they come back or anything like that, but you know, fatigue, fine. But honestly, I think this is more of a situation where the last change was more favorable to get the matchups out there that coach Daryl Sutter wanted. Again, I I sound like a Daryl Sutter, um, you know, truther, I guess, sort of speaker, and and I should because based on his accolades and everything, but I'm going to chalk a lot of that up to the matchups. 4-15 uh, in the face-off circle, you know, he's three face-offs away from being around average, right, because, like, the best centermen are just north of 50% as far as the face-off circle goes. It's pretty crazy how even of a proposition it is but if you're like 57, 58 percent in the faceoff circle, you're remarkable as far as that statistic goes. So, sure, Eichel rough day in the circle, four for 15. Um, I, I don't know if the same place you had that stat, Tony, if you can pull up his season. I'm curious if this was just a, a one off or if this is kind of how he's been going for the entire season. Yeah, I'm not as quick as you with the, uh, you know,
1: uh, with Siri or just looking it up on Google. But uh, Owen Howden was uh, I hate to belabor the point but Howden was also 67% on faceoffs last night. Uh, we talked four penalties against the Blue Liners. I kind of threw that in there, but Zach Whitecloud did not have a good game either. He had a couple of those penalties, and he also turned the puck over quite a few times last night in that game.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many different things to, to look at. And, you know, going back, we watched the – the first thing I did this morning, so I didn't get to catch a whole lot of the game live, a little bit on the radio, a little bit here and there. I was working right up until I had to go, um, go ref hockey last night. I guess a shout out to myself. I got to the hockey rank. I had a 9-10 game. I left my house at like 8.50 something because I just got swamped with my work really fast. And I was able to get dressed and on the ice in eight minutes, which is a personal record for me, folks. So that has nothing to do with this show, but we're talking about it. So I'm just going to get that in there and give myself a kudos for setting a personal record for that. But, you know, going back, watching the watching the highlights this morning, eight out of every ten highlights was either a big attempt or a goal by the flames or a huge save by uh, by Logan Thompson. So, you know, not a burn the type, not a burn the tape type of game. The fact that it was three, two isn't only, pardon me. It's not only a credit to Logan Thompson, the defense had to do something last night, Um, but going back to the top six, yeah, you definitely need more from the top six, Tony, a hundred percent. You need more from the top six. You need more, you need more. I don't want to say effort because I'm sure they were out there trying as hard as they could, but just better execution, and simplify things um i i guess a question for you because i didn't watch a whole lot of the game live but i we haven't mentioned uh this deep into the show we haven't said anything about him messing with the lineups or anything last night were there were, was he juggling last night or was not it, so I mean, much it's kind of no. hard to get the chance to given the all the pks but i right. just wonder never try to get that spark huh
1: no no i i didn't really notice that there were any there were no noticeable lineup changes and i'm just curious if you know, because Bruce Cassidy just is not one of those guys that stands pat. I think he would come back with some sort of lineup changes for the Winnipeg game. To, he'll juggle something there uh, for that game, especially, you know, Paul Cotter. Paul Cotter, you could talk about him. Uh, it was the first game that he really struggled in last night. And so now do you just kind of and we know that Cassidy could be especially tough on the younger players, right? Uh, I'm sure he went back, evaluated everything. I think uh, Cotter was on the ice for 9.53. I thought I saw something like that. A little under 10 minutes. That's where they wanted to play him, about 10 minutes, uh, but not effective at all. And maybe, uh, you know, he rides the pine for a game and just to get him refreshed and, and restarted again.
0: Yeah, I mean Amadio obviously is the uh, the odd man out right now because of the uh emergence, if you will. I do I do got the face-off stats down here, by the way. So nice. Uh Jack Eichel, he's old, let's see, he's only um a career forty-four point four percent in the face-off circle. His peak was actually with the Vegas Golden Knights at four at forty-eight point five. This year he's at forty-one point one. But if you factor, I mean, geez, if we just take off those the game just take off night. 15 and four on each side so hold on so we're gonna be 18 we're gonna be 18 for 52 let's get the calculator now 50 look by at 20. this 20. this is live in real time folks yeah, he's, he's like still like percent, 40 something percent you know point being is yeah it's it's a rough game all around what we're even just talking about is totally lost everything i was saying no it's know. okay
1: we were talking about cotter perhaps oh cotter yes yeah. so
0: yeah, Amadio, the odd man out. Um, the Winnipeg
1: Lushin. game. Le didn't play, and uh, he was a hometown guy last night. Yeah, right? but
0: listen, if I mean, they haven't.
1: Western Canada guy?
0: Okay. Probably, according to Daryl Sutter. But um, they're not going to make, I don't think, any wholesale changes on a winning streak, besides the goalie situation. So I guess maybe uh, just and tomorrow will be the preview show, but uh, I'll scratch the surface right now and say Amadio draws in tomorrow because I think they're going to want him ready to go for Saturday against Colorado. And I think we go Hill on Thursday and back to LT on Saturday. Interesting. Okay. And you think that's the schedule? That's the plan? I think that's the plan. Um, I mean, listen, two very tough games inside of a five day span uh, with the travel time and everything in between there and Winnipeg uh, less than Calgary and uh, Colorado, if we're going to make a math equation out of this. So Hill would be in a good spot to start Thursday's game to keep them fresh. And, I think that's I think that's what the script calls for, and obviously we'll find out about a uh, twenty nine or so hours from right now. Coming
1: up next, we'll talk about goaltending and Logan Thompson keeping VGK in last night's game, and uh, that included perhaps the save of the year. We'll be statue. back with more. Get <laughs> it will be a statue. You're right. Back with more after this on Lockdown Golden Knights. Thanks for making Locked On VGK your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers each and every game across the NHL with local analysis, including our very own Chris Kollick, that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And uh, before the break, we were talking about goaltending. And again, you have to lead off with LT, that save off of the stick of Tyler Toffoli as uh, he's leaning a little to the left and then falls to the right, falls down, comes up with a spectacular glove save on the puck. Um, And then this, I think, was the save of the game. And then it kind of signaled to me sort of the arrival, right, of of Logan Thompson and just some of the saves, the spectacular saves that he can make. And I saw an awful lot. You talked about a statue, perhaps. I know that his, his tutor was Marc-Andre Fleury when Fleury was here, and he learned from the best, and he does make those acrobatic saves. But that was spectacular, and definitely I think uh, that's one of those saves we need to put in the loop.
0: Oh yeah, there's definitely uh yeah, that's that'll be on the, every pregame show that the Golden Knights do every hype video. I'm sure it's on Twitter all over the place right now and you know, but uh, Logan Thompson in the postgame interview last night made some, you know, interesting comments about his playing style and he said he prides himself on not giving up on the puck. He thinks he does that better and he also made the comment that it's not going to be pretty at times. It's going to get a little You know, when you got, when you got to sell out to make a save, that's just what happens. And that's, you know, when goalies do weird things, like they have their, their butt facing, you know, facing the players and their head is facing the goal and, you know, weird things happen like that. But point being is LT is a, he's, he's poised, but acrobatic, acrobatic, right? Marc Andre Fleury was not a poised goalie. And I don't mean that negatively towards Marc Andre Fleury. Um, he is just much, much more movements. So let's kind of go over, let's talk about Robin Leonard. And again, I'm not bashing Robin Leonard, but Robin Leonard does not move much. He takes up a lot of the nets and his style is based off of positioning and letting the puck hit him. Marc-Andre Fleury is much smaller. He's definitely a lot skinnier, definitely a lot shorter, and the pads are maybe a little bit smaller. So he has to move his body a lot more. And there's times it gets real ugly when Marc-Andre Fleury's in the net, but he makes these amazing saves and gets back, gets back to it. I think, uh, you look at Logan Thompson, he's right in the middle right now, right? Logan Thompson is a bigger body than Marc Andre Fleury, I believe, but he is significantly quicker to the puck than Robin Leonard is, but with a little more poise than Marc Andre Fleury had. And when you look at that in the big picture, as far as what that could lead to as a long-term career, you know, LT could be, this could be, uh, the making of a spectacular, you know, goalie who's going to go down as a very long time Serviceable goalie in the NHL. And, you know, the sky is the limit for how good he might actually get as far as accolades go and awards and, you know, potentially leading a top, leading a team to a Stanley Cup victory. Um, this year, next year, you know, whatever in his career, you know, we are watching the emergence of a brand new, you know, I'm not, we can't call him a top tier goalie. It's too early, but he continues to, and this is something we've said a lot of times on this show. We're concerned about the goaltending, right? We're concerned. But the first thing I point out about Logan Thompson is the fact that he has passed every single test that's put in front of him uh, ever since he has become a professional paid athlete at the AHL level and, and above. Best goalie in the AHL, continue to do a great job with Henderson the year after that. Um, so the year he was, last year when he was called up to the Golden Knights, the Silver Knights were absolutely decimated because of all the injuries for the Golden Knights and he was still putting up good numbers having success as far as you know his save percentage his goals against were rough but that's because he was facing a ton of quality shots so look what he did last year in the NHL he gave the the Vegas Golden Knights an opportunity to qualify for the postseason and to start this season same thing right where he left off right I mean VGK could have stole at least a point last night for no effort anything besides what Logan Thompson did so you know, all the credit in the world for LT for doing everything that he does. And, you know, this is a special uh, situation and, you know, what happens with the uh, Robin Leonard next year? That's, that's, um, that's going to be interesting, but that'll, that'll be our off corn, off season popcorn, uh, conversations.
1: You are right in uh, guessing that it should be Aiden Hill on Thursday night against Winnipeg for a variety of reasons too. And although that was a grueling game, okay. He had, uh, 40 shots on goal, save 37 in the contest. Uh, But that was a hard, hard, hard hard-fought game. And then just mentally as a goaltender with, uh, you know, Calgary having the man advantage there for pretty much the entirety of an entire period takes a lot of concentration. That was a grueling game for Logan Thompson. And I have to agree with you. I think, for no other reason, get him back, get him refreshed and have him come back for the big game against Colorado on Saturday. I have to agree with you there, but that was uh, one of those hard games. Very difficult game, I think, uh, for Logan Thompson, both physically and mentally. I thought he was a little bit miffed at the team afterwards. He said all the right things, but I could read his body language and he wasn't too happy about having, you know, Calgary with the man advantage every time. Uh, in that second period, six penalties, but all in succession too. There was six straight penalties. I'm what, and and a lot of that, of course, you have to, you do have to credit Calgary uh, for attacking and finding those gaps and getting uh, the penalties called on VGK.
0: So a few things here. Um, one, and this actually does tie in, I promise, but. Uh, last night on the ice when I was officiating at Lifeguard, just whoever these people were, um, this is a 9-10 D-League adult game. And there was like 10, 12, 15 people in the stands uh cheering for one of the teams, but they're out there doing the shame every time someone goes into a penalty box <laughs> no. and having fun. And we no. actually had a lighthearted moment. So I was the trail ref, meaning I was the one behind the play, which... Based on my skating ability, that that's more times than not, unfortunately, but I was the trail. And so I was coming up on where the fans were sitting right about at the red line. Something happens, a player falls and I hear one of the, one of the, one of the people in the stands, come on, ref. So I skate by, but then I turn around and stop and just go and stare right at the person dead in the eye. And I, I kept the stone face for a second. And I started smiling. It was a good moment. But you know, one thing I was thinking about with all these penalties that were called in the second period is. The type of pressure that I feel when stuff like this happens. Now, again, folks, I'm a rec league referee. Let's not get I I want to be clear about this. I'm not coming to you guys like some expert referee because I'm far from that. But what I can tell you is whether it's youth, adults or anything in between, once you call a bunch of penalties in a row on a team, you feel some level of pressure, not not to make it up or anything like that, but you know, the first penalty, it gets called, whatever, no big deal. The second penalty you call against a team in succession, you might get an eye roll or something like that, no big deal. But once you call that third penalty, if it keeps on going, you're starting to feel some tension because you know that they're getting mad, whether it's deserved or not, you're starting, there. there is emotion that definitely um, goes into all of that. So it's, um, I had one more point I wanted to make. I'm trying to remember what that was. Um but, yeah, point being is you do feel that as an official, you know, some pressure. So go back to you, Tony. I'm going to think about what, I, what else I wanted to say there.
1: No, I was just going to also add that Laurent Brosois has been getting more ice time in practice, too. So what are they going to do with Laurent Brosois?
0: I want to look at Cap Friendly. I was talking. Oh, OK, here, Tony. Hold on. I got on my phone here. So I was actually doing some. Some research. I don't know if you can see that based on okay. the lighting or not. No. But um, I, I was curious where you were gonna go with Aiden Hill because I never know what the heck you're gonna say, and you said they here's why they're gonna they might go with Aiden Hill. So the first thing I looked up was his birthplace to see if he has some Winnipeg connection. But he was born It's spelled C O M O X. So was that Camo? Would you say Camo? He was yeah. born in Camo B C. So I don't think that's uh, probably Camo. Probably Camo. Camo. Okay. All right. Well, I I'll don't go. know. Um, but no. What I what I just want I want to look at look up something else. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a mess this morning, Tony. I'm a mess. I was gonna look up something really fast. Who anything? Oh, Where, yes. Yeah. Where's so, he gonna fit? I, in? No, I want to know because I was talking to someone yesterday. Is he officially on IR right now? That's what I want to look up right now. Oh, good question. I think Cause... he I believe
1: he is. He has to be, right? They have to have him on IR because yeah, otherwise he'd go against the cap. Right, but Mike Hutchinson got shelled last night. I think he lost the game against So yeah,
0: Brasois right now is Injured reserve with the $2.3 million hits. Injured reserve with a $2.3 million hits. So now it's not it's not long term though. So is there a difference of IR versus LTIR as far as it counts against the cap? That's if someone out there is, is, you know, more in the know about something like this than me, please uh you know hit us up. I'll do some research, but maybe Tony, that's a topic we can we can save for as it gets a little closer is assuming that 2.3 is going to count against vgk what do we do (laughs) what do we do
1: for sure uh and do you think that uh, i i want to know if you feel that aiden hill can have a consistent you know effort i i'm curious to see how this team rebounds you know what's the response of vgk after a loss like that that I mean, they were up to nothing. Right. And they had all the everything momentum going their way and all of that. And then they just kind of fell apart, you know, in that game. And I'm just I'm curious to see if there's uh, any kind of carryover from that game into Thursday night's game. I think that's going to be uh, my biggest question, Mark, is uh, can they now just get things headed in the right direction again? Uh, three and oh, they weren't beating the world beater teams. I mean, they weren't knocking off the top tier teams, let's face it, in the NHL. So we'll see how they respond coming back against Winnipeg and then the big game against Cal, against Colorado, uh, coming up on, on Saturday night. I just wanted to say Calgary.
0: I know you did. I, I'm surprised that it took you this long to only say it for the second or third time of the show, but. The fourth line, I mean, let's kind of talk about that for a second. So unfortunately, with all those penalties, the fourth line is basically forgotten about when that happens, besides Nick Wild, they're killing penalties from time to time. But the very first, like again, I watched the highlights of the game last night and the first highlight they showed was, uh, the face off win. And it goes back to the defenseman who, who fires, uh, the Hal Mary, sort of speak into the, into the boards in a set play. And I think Will we'll, we'll Carrier was the, was the chaser and it creates, you know, not necessarily a scoring opportunity, but it gets the puck in a plus situation, which could possibly lead to goals. And, you know, two games in a row now, the fourth line has scored the first goal of the game. So, you know, the fourth line is, is doing their job. And, you know, we're, we're in that spot, Tony, where the fourth line is, uh, getting all this weird, uncomfortable, yet incredibly comfortable, um, attention. But on the same token from the physicality side, outworked and you know so but still the fourth line that the fourth line keeps doing what they're doing which is contributing goals from time to time while giving that energy that's going to bode really well for the top nine as well
1: yeah that would have been a good game for vgk to steal and uh the even a point even
0: one point would have been nice. yeah uh
1: the defenseman not good either we no. talked about the top six but again and zach whitecloud two penalties you know and
0: four penalties again for defenseman and then on the second goal he took the puck like right to the shoulder and it bounced to the other player and just it was bad and when, when it rains it pours sometimes yeah Martinez and that sloppy that was the first bad goal I guess that VGK's
1: given up and that wasn't on Logan Thompson no it, it was a bad the goal as just went human. up not in the, as, uh, up in the air like and money. off off of the stick right of yeah. uh, Alec Martinez no so
0: it would have, and also it looked like Petro got his stick under LT's glove which made something else weird happen
1: crazy all right, tomorrow on the show, we'll be uh, previewing the game against Winnipeg tomorrow night. Thanks for making Lockdown VGK your first listen today. For your second listen, make sure that you go and check out Game to Game NHL. Again, that is free and available wherever you get your podcast, including the Odyssey app. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Credasco from Las Vegas. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Take care.